This is the My Modern Meth Top Artist Podcast, and I'm your host, Jessica Stewart. We're back again this week for another conversation with one of today's top creatives. So, have you ever had the experience of looking at a painting that was so real it looked like a photograph? Hyperrealism is a style where painters are pushing technical limits in order to create paintings that look incredibly realistic. On this episode, we're fortunate enough to have one of today's foremost hyperrealistic painters join us. Omar Ortiz, who hails from Mexico, has spent nearly 20 years perfecting his hyperrealistic oil paintings. He came to the craft via a degree in graphic design and apprenticeship under the wing of artist Carmen Alarcón. Today, he's known for his stunning figurative oil paintings that focus mainly on the female form. Join us as we talk about how he forged his career and his philosophy on how artists should handle critics and when to tune out the noise. First of all, welcome. Thank you for agreeing to be on the podcast. I know our listeners will be super excited to hear about your work and your process. So thank you, Jessica. Thanks for coming. So I wanted to go back to the beginnings. I mean, I know that you say you've been interesting in drawing since you were a young child. You know, what's your earliest memory of of drawing and art? I believe that since I have Uh, strong memories, maybe when I was five or six years old. I uh, always loved to draw, and my dad always encouraged me to continue with this drawing. I believe when he was young, he liked to draw, but he never developed any artistic education or whatsoever, but he liked me to do whatever I felt good about, and since I was small, I, since I was a child, I believe I, I, I used to draw comic books and copy from magazines or whatever. And when I was, uh, I believe in secondary, okay, when I was in secondary, I uh, had some uh, optional uh, classes of technical drawing where you use rulers and all this stuff. And right. I started to uh, feel comfortable with precision in drawings and then when I was um, when I was in high school uh, I had some uh, art classes very basic but when I was trying to decide what I wanted to do with my uh, career right I never really thought that I was going to be an artist or have a, a an art uh, degree of, of, first I wanted to be an architect because I mm-hmm. knew that architects make really precise drawings. I've always been uh, attracted to this stuff of mm. precision and what I can do with my hands. I believe I've always been better with with my interpretation of things and what I can do with sure. my hands, like a uh, like a, a craftsman. So mm-hmm. uh, at the end, I decided I wanted to study graphic design. So I have a degree in graphic design and. Uh, in this in this career, uh, they teach you how to use materials to make illustrations like uh, color pencils, like airbrush, like acrylics, like watercolor, because maybe uh, inside graphic design, you want to dedicate to make illustrations for books or for magazines or whatever. Right. When I finished college, it was on 2000. So that was uh, okay. 20 years ago. And mm-hmm. internet was barely starting. I had my first classes of uh, uh, working with a computer and technology. So, sure. But since I, I got into college, I, I was always attracted to the classes that teach you more like to art or illustration things. So 
I got very good at using the airbrush and there weren't plenty of teachers that knew how to uh, use the technique of airbrush. So I think that that was like the first contact that I had with trying to achieve what we now know as hyperrealism because the airbrush allows you as a tool to give some effects that don't demand much from you like degradations of colors and blurriness and some certain effects that you can trick the eye and make it believe like it's a photography like out of focus or different types of techniques very hard to do that with a brush with oil paint but once you achieve that you kind of like get in another level so that was like my beginning well it's interesting it seems like again precision was very much a part of your vocabulary from from the beginning and you just sort of followed a course that brought you along different artistic paths until you found and settled on what really suited you which i suppose is is how we get to the oil painting which you know i I studied uh i'm an art historian and i studied the the renaissance and classical art so i love that you use oil paint um, it's a medium yes. that has such a, a rich history. Um, and so, you know, you were using the airbrush. What then attracted you over toward oil paint over, say, specializing just in that or specializing in acrylics or something else? So I was really good at airbrushing. And my first kind of like paintings were really customizing. You won't believe this, but it was customizing motorcycles <laughs> and helmets, you know, in the U.S., it's very useful Mm -hmm. but here in Mexico there's not really a good market for that so I got good at it but I wasn't really uh, well paid for my work so I practiced and practiced and did works since I was like on my last year of college and when I got out uh, I'm not I don't come from a wealthy family or an artistic family. So right. I had to work to pay my college and to buy food and whatever. Sure. I did a couple of paintings when I was like in my last year of college, uh, copies of photographs that I took during a photograph class on school. And there was like a, a show in a small town here in Jalisco, the state where mm-hmm. I live. And Uh, that place is where my parents were born. So my dad used to know the guy that was going to run the new museum of the town of the city. And I placed a couple of paintings that weren't really, you know, like I had an artistic language or whatever. I was a graphic designer. Um, I knew very little about art. I knew what interested me about Michelangelo and I visited a few museums and I, I, I didn't really know I was going to dedicate my life to that. Sure. So my approach was different. So I, I had like two or three paintings hanging on that show and a guy from Guadalajara, which is an art dealer, saw the paintings and he was investigated uh, investigating who made those paintings. So at the end, he contacted me and he told me that he would like to uh, work with me. So at the beginning, I started working with him like half a day, half a day as a graphic designer and half a day as an artist. And I started painting 
whatever he told me that I should paint because he had clients that maybe would want to buy that or this. Sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. At the beginning, that was like the stage. Maybe that lasted for around a year or six mm -hmm. months or something. And Sorry. And at that point, what are you using to make those paintings? Are you still using the airbrush? Acrylic. Okay. You're using no, acrylic. Yeah. I was using acrylic and brush, but with acrylic on canvas because I knew how to work with canvas. And, uh, this, uh, my dealer, my art dealer, which name is, uh, Francisco, his wife is called Carmen Alarcón, which was already, uh, how do you say, a, a established artist. Sure. Mm -hmm. His, his wife after like six months or a year he asked his wife if she agreed to show me how to use oil paint and introduce me into the art world so i started to take uh, personal classes with her she agreed to teach me so he was my art dealer and she was my art teacher yeah i mean it sounded sort of like a great uh, apprenticeship almost that you you went yes. through which is yeah. you know how people learned how to paint back way back yeah, then. Yeah, exactly. So she saw she saw some potential on me, I believe, and she took me as a, a student and teached me like two or three hours on one or two classes a week. And she showed me the difference between these two worlds and the technique of oil painting. That was like, uh, I don't know, 19 years ago, maybe. Yep. And um, so I started learning what you could do with oils the importance of the medium and as a side uh, my art dealer was telling me how the world moves how to sell your work how to put a mm -hmm. price on a painting he always saw like this wow factor on my work mm -hmm. and he thought that big scale paintings would be more you know a bit more impressive sure at the beginning i believe he hired a couple of uh, friends that were photographers and at the same time the photographer hired uh, a model and the photographer made the photo session and I was there I was trying to say oh I would like to do this and I would like mm -hmm. to do that and I believe that was like my first contact with painting uh, human or uh, nudity or or this uh, yeah the the human form Mm -hmm. And because at the beginning I did a couple of copies and copies from books or things that uh, my art dealer told me, okay, I have a client that is interested in making a copy right. of this. Can you do it? Yes, I can do it. I need to eat. So, and I like the pain. Yeah, I'll do it. So right. that was like mm -hmm. a learning process. And um, slowly uh, I started to develop a, uh, how do you say, like a, a good feeling a grateful mm -hmm. feeling about painting figurative uh, uh human sure. body i was more attracted to that than to painting like uh uh how do you say a uh, still life like or still lives or landscapes or, sure yes. and uh sometimes i tried to uh, do like cartoons or make like abstract work or yep. more intuitive uh feeling fast mm -hmm one or two days painting and yeah. I couldn't do it. I was always fighting against, I believe something that's in my interior that is trying to achieve perfection. We said that at the beginning sure. of the podcast. Yeah. So I was fighting against me 
to try to go away from what I believe it was natural on me that was trying to uh, make perfect representation of reality, of the reality yeah. that I thought at that moment of what my eyes could see. And I learned with time that if you train your eye and you start looking at things different than what normal people do, I always say that an artist must be like a crazy man that walks <laughs> through the world watching things as form and color instead of what they really are because you need to understand how perspective, size, temperature sure. of the color, uh, I don't know, all these concepts that really make you uh, a, a, an artist and see things on a different way and you start to learn that with time. So uh, when I found comfortable painting people, which is a big challenge. Yeah, I was going to say, that's very yeah. a bold move to say, okay. Yes. I mean, of course, many people are drawn to the figurative, but as you said, to just jump in and say, okay, I'm going to really go for it. I'm going to go for it in oil. I'm going to go for it in a large format because anatomy is very challenging. If you don't yes. do it well, it can yes. look very <laughs> off so i know there's um, people uh painting for 30 years and they haven't achieved uh, uh proportions they don't achieve naturality in colors mm. you know and i seen painters that with two years painting they do some wonderful stuff and we're all different and we all have something different to say in different ways so that's what makes this career really interesting that you really have something to say and you can say it on a different way than all the thousands of artists that are in the world that's what makes you you mm. know like unique we're all unique you know but at the beginning we all try to copy from someone else that we admire we always have heroes i think the important thing is to uh, realize that at one point you need to close your eyes look at everything try to learn but then look inside of you and investigate what can you do what can you say that makes you different as a person i i believe that uh in my personal case it's more important to try to be honest than to try mm -hmm. to be original because if you try to be original sure. maybe you think you found the uh the 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 jackpot and maybe some someone did that 15 years ago and you don't know about it. So trying to be original is always like a really big struggle. Yes, of course. As you said, I mean, everything's been done in quotation, yes. but, you know, and I and authenticity, I've always felt is so important in art. To me, the wonderful thing about art is is the emotion is what it evokes in you when you when you see it. And I feel like whether consciously or not, the viewer feels when things are forced or a bit static, aren't, aren't yes. natural. And so when an artist does have that passion and really isn't, yes, just trying to do a very technically well done copy of what's been done before, you, you feel that when you see their work. And even though what you just said is totally true, we all have different perspective and different sides sure. of things. You know, maybe people see my work and they think I am not proposing anything. 
Maybe they think I'm just copying reality or copying a photograph, or maybe they think that technically my work is really good done, but I don't say anything, you know? And on the other side, I have seen people that almost cry in front of a painting. So mm -hmm. we're all different. We all sure. Art's very personal. So when an artist, I believe, and it's happened to me and it still happens to me every time that you try to amuse people or do your work for the comments that you receive, suddenly you can get lost in the way. I think an artist should focus on what he wants to do. Despite all the comments that can go around, you know, positive or negative, you need to focus on what you want to do and does that make you happy? Do you think you are uh, communicating or transmitting emotions, which is more important to me than transmitting messages with my work? I believe my work is not very intellectual. That's the word I was trying to say at the uh, beginning. Yes. <laughs> I'm not really an intellectual guy. But so my work is not really to tell stories or make critics about social or religion mm -hmm. or love or whatever. It's more like the representation of something really aesthetic, really mm -hmm. beautiful, I believe. Maybe someone can say, no, your work is not beautiful, beautiful because this and this. That's okay. Everybody has an opinion. But that's my goal. That's, that's what I try to say. I try to uh, awaken emotions on the viewer. Mm. If I can do that, I believe that I'm doing what makes me happy. Yeah. I mean, I think that's so important. And I feel that that confidence isn't always an easy thing to have. So how do you, you know, you've obviously been doing this for a very long time and some of that confidence I would assume comes with experience, but exactly. when you were first starting out, how did you how did you grow that confidence that what you were doing, you know, was the right way? Um, I believe even though maybe you have been painting for 50 years, you still have things to learn and you um, grow with time and with experience. And time also gives you this confidence that you are talking about of what you really are and what you really want to do. Okay, you want to be popular there's people that are going to like you and besides your work your personality the people is going to like you or or, or um, believe you are like a good person like a concentrated person and are you going to make efforts to make people believe that you know so sometimes you may have to make decisions and say no to certain things because you can get lost if you don't know how to say no i don't want that i i, I don't want to go in that path you start getting uh, proposals from everywhere and you can get really lost in what your aim yes. or what your goal is because you're trying to please everyone and you can't do that. But when you decide not to do that, then people start talking bad about you. And well, it's, it's a complicated thing. Well, it's a great point that you bring up the, the power of saying no yes. um, and how difficult that is. Yes. But I think it's so important for creatives or anyone who's doing any freelance work or working for themselves to really have that ability because as you said, then you get, get lost. But the flip side of that is maybe you don't want people to think that you're being a jerk or you're worried yes. about what people are going to say. Yes. Um, 
But it's it's a really great point you bring up because it can be difficult to say no to people. But if if, if you don't, then you're going to find yourself working on 20,000 things exactly. that aren't important to you exactly. and neglect the parts that are important to you. Exactly. But that has a price, as you know, and you, you need to be willing to pay that price in order to uh, do what you really want and focus on what you really want. For example, I started uh, rejecting requests or uh, custom paintings or uh, how do you say sure. commissions? I don't work. Commission. I don't work mm -hmm. by commission. I don't like to do commissions because of this, uh, this stressful part where the client believes that if you're making a portrait of him or his mother or a brother or whatever, uh, all the process, the client is over you telling you that the eyes don't look the same, that what if you right. change the background color yes. and what if uh, a bit more smile yes. or whatever. So all the, the models that I paint at the end, I am the client and I decide if I want to make her skinnier, right. if I want to make a, a different nose, no one is going to tell me it doesn't look like her. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe I'm a plastic surgeon and I decided to change. Right. Well, it's your artistic choice. Exactly. Yes. But that at the end, I believe uh, uh, looking around the corner has made me happy for the last 10 or 12 years because I'm happy with what I am doing. Sometimes I often get um, questioned about how much is enough about repeating something. If I'm not tired about mm. doing it yet, I will keep on doing it, insisting on proposing something. At the moment when I get tired about repeating, because how much is repeating? Mm. Two, five, 10, 100? Maybe I paint a thousand paintings with the same type of composition and I still feel I have to play with it and get more about it. It's interesting. I wonder if it is a thing of, because when you're a figurative artist, the viewer can recognize very quickly what it is as opposed to abstract expressionism yes. or something. Else. So there tends to be more maybe this idea of, well, it's just the same thing, which is, ridiculous because when you look at your work even though we're mainly talking about female nudes they're all very different from each other and different explorations so it, it somehow is this double-edged sword where somehow figurative art is more accessible but then you also get this feedback of people one thinking well you're just a portrait painter which is a totally different yes. thing or that you're being repetitive um, so it's an interesting yeah, comment. Yeah, and it's interesting always to receive this comments and question yourself because if you don't question yourself, and I believe that personal critics, yes, personal uh, critic is more powerful, more it can it can be even more rough or tough with you. Yeah, you with yourself, you can be because you you know the 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 parts where you're not really good, you know your uh, your disadvantages, sure. and most of the people don't know them because maybe you don't always express them, but you know them. Inside right. you, you know what you can do and what you can't do. And sometimes your work is decided by the fact that you want to avoid the things that you are not really good at. Right. So no one, no one wants to, people tend to move away from discomfort. Exactly. And sometimes that criticism can force you to face the discomfort you exactly. have and see 
if it's something that you really need to to challenge. Yes. That's great. Well, I wanted to actually talk about, I was looking at your Instagram and I came across a quote that I liked quite a bit that I want to ask okay. you about. So the quote I came across is, when I paint, I always think that I am fighting battles with my work. Sometimes I win those battles and sometimes I lose them, but I'm always clear that the work won't be finished until I win the war. I thought this was an interesting commentary on your creative process. Yes. Take me, what, what's your thought process? Uh, I have been uh, expressing some thoughts that come to my mind and sometimes I very, I'm very like um, illustrative and creative. And if that's the moment, I just pull out my cell phone and write down what crossed my mind because then mm -hmm. I uh, forget it. But that uh, comment you just read is something that, uh, I'm facing that every time I get in front of the canvas. Uh, sometimes you have good days and sometimes you have bad days on this, uh, solving these questions about, am I really doing something that's worth it? Am, am I really proposing something? Even though I have, I believe that I have clear that I am doing something authentic and whatever, you always have these demons on your mind, doubts. Mm -hmm. And you're always fighting against this uh, concepts. That's on one side. And on the other side, you're always fighting against technical issues. Are you really good at it? Are you doing it different? Uh, is the painting looking the way you want it to look? Are you achieving color? Are you, you know, all these questions. And you're, right. you're not talking with anybody. You're working alone in front of the canvas and you have a dialogue with your brushes, with your paint, and with the enemy that is the canvas. So you're always, I feel, I'm always like on these battles. And there mm -hmm. are good days where at the end of the day, I believe that, I don't know, I can smoke a cigar or I can have a beer and, you know, like celebrate that it was a good day. I did uh, a good process. And there's some days that you even finish work and go with family and you're like, ah, you know, you answer bad because you're in a bad mood because you lost that battle sure. with your work. But at the end, what I tried to say in this uh, uh, comment is that the painting is going to be finished when I say it's finished. I don't care if I have to uh, work on it one or two weeks more than what was planned. And there's some artists that I know that you're on a budget and you charge maybe certain amount for that painting and you say, I can't last more than two weeks because it's not going to be uh, rental or make economic, economic make economic exactly. sense. Yeah. Sometimes it, it happens. And uh, uh, most of the times when you're starting, when you don't have like really big prices that allow you to uh, take your time and do whatever you want. So that's also a struggle. The money that you are sure. going to, um, or what you charge for that painting. And sometimes you just want to finish it because you want to continue on something, but inside you, you feel that the painting is not finished. You feel that you can still add something to it or correct it because the last layers of paint were not your battles to win. So when is the painting finished? Well, when I decide it's finished, when I think it's finished, so uh, I always believe that I, I won't leave the painting until I win the war. That's what I was trying to say with that comment.
No, that's great. And I think it's great that you, you really let people into your artistic process and your thoughts uh, via social media, on your Instagram, especially with these quotes. Yes. You have a lot of great videos that show um, your process, a lot of great photos that show the development of the paintings. Yes. And I think it, it's wonderful that you, you're so open about it. I know that you also teach workshops yes. in person. I know you have a couple coming up in Mexico. Yes. And you have some online through your Patreon. Um, why is it important to you to help, you know, other people explore oil painting and the artistic process? It is important because I have always uh, believed that um, I am a person that likes to share. Uh, I know that there's artists that uh, think that they have really uh, valuable secrets that they took their effort to understand things and they don't want them to share they don't want to share it with other people just like that so i believe it's not like uh, in that way i believe um in my case it's only work 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 and hunger for uh achieving things for success for whatever you want to call it you need to uh, be passionate about what you do so in my workshops i teach the students the insights of my technical process but during the three days i'm always insisting in the fact that uh, they shouldn't want to be like someone else they should look inside them sure. and explore uh, take risks uh if you don't take risks you won't know the potential that you have and some people are really afraid of of exploring outside and maybe losing you have to lose in order to win you can't always win so in my workshops i always try to uh tell this to the students and uh at the end of the workshop i always tell them that i hope i met their expectations but i really hope that i awakened the hunger for trying to be someone i realize that people some of the students are just uh people that look at art as a hobby and there's people that really want to live from this and really have the necessity to express or to make a career so both of the cases are valid uh, at the end, you have to enjoy things. You have, I'm not a person, I start working at nine o'clock in the morning and I end up at 6.30, no more. Mm -hmm. Whatever is done was done that day. If you uh, sure. use correctly the time, you can do a lot of things, but you still have to, you have to have time for, in my case, I have family, I have a, a daughter and I have other interests and that's what life is you know do something that uh, makes you passionate about it and have time for other activities i don't think as an artist actually when i finish my work i pull out my shirt of an artist and i put on my ordinary people um costume you know my that's that's how i try to do it yeah <laughs> <laughs> well that's great omar it's been so fascinating talking to you about Thank your work you. and your thought in the artistic process. 
it's really been wonderful. Thank you, Jessica. Just so that our audience knows, they can find your work on your website, omarartiz.com.mx. Yes. Uh, your Instagram is omar underscore artiz underscore artista. Yes. And on Patreon, if you, as we said right now, can't really be traveling so much for workshops, but if you want to see some of the virtual online workshops and support your work, people can find you on Patreon at Omar Ortiz. And we'll put all of this in the description with links so everyone can find Thank you, you Thank and your you. work. I also have a Facebook page. Yes, Omar Ortiz or Artista as well, they can find yes. you. And YouTube, yes. which is great as well to see, you know, some of the work in progress and get inspired as you said whether you want to be a professional artist or just do it for a passion i think being creative is always a great outlet for people well thank you so much and we hope to you know we'll keep looking at what you're producing and we hope we'll talk to you again in the future thank you thank you jessica i um i really appreciate the fact that you are interested in my background and in my work thank you that's another episode of the My Modern Met Top Artist Podcast. I hope you enjoyed our enlightening chat with Omar Ortiz. You can see more of his work on the Top Artist Podcast Instagram. We publish new episodes every other Wednesday, so don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And if you like what you hear, we'd really love it if you could rate us and leave a review. We'll see you next time. And in the meantime, you can get your fix of art and culture at mymodernmet.com. 